All right, welcome back to another episode of Three Dudes One Hoop. As always, I'm Mike. I'm joined with my boys Benny and Easy. It is January 26, 2022, and we're right around the corner from All Star Weekend here, a couple weeks away. Uh, and it's been a crazy couple weeks for one guy in the NBA in particular, Joel Embiid. Uh, the Heat have also taken the one spot since we last recorded in the East, and uh, there's been an announcement for uh, a couple changes that are coming to All-Star Weekends uh, with the Rising Stars game. So they t- the NBA tweaked the rules for that and how that uh, event's going to work. So we'll talk about all those things. I think first things first, we got to do it. We got to talk about the Miami Heat. I know Easy's Easy just going to be on mute basically this whole <laughs> this whole conversation. <laughs> but, um, okay, we got uh, this. Yeah, yeah. I think Benny and I will, will carry this. <laughs> nah, but uh, the Heat are on a tear. Uh, they are number one in the Eastern Conference. They jumped over uh, the Bulls. They jumped over the Nets, 30 and 17, uh, 7 and 3 in their last 10. So, you know, it's been a crazy season for them. Lots of injuries. I don't think anybody really expected them to be number one, uh, you know, even just a, uh, like a month ago with Jimmy out, with Bam out, uh, both those guys in and out of the lineup, Hero in and out early on, Deadman having the injury but we had this guy Omer Yusufin come in and you know basically I, I made the joke off the podcast but he was basically playing like a you know all NBA center for like two weeks and that kept us afloat along with some good play from Kyle Lowry so uh, I guess I'll start with you Benny uh, how do you feel about the heat today versus how you felt about them maybe coming into the season do you feel like uh, they've you know kind of up the chances in your mind of them actually being a legit contender and making a finals run? Um, today versus before the season, I, I picked them to yeah. be in the conference finals in our mm-hmm. preseason pod. But then once the injuries started coming around to Jimmy and Bam, obviously, especially, I wasn't so sure about that anymore, especially because with them being out, I kind of assumed that maybe we'll finish the season at fourth or fifth. And then at mm-hmm. that point, the matchups can get a little tricky. So I wasn't so well before the season to your question before the season. And now it's kind of the same, but like a month ago, I wasn't as Mm. optimistic as I am today about them. And the best telling of that is how well they've still been able to play without their key players in like Jimmy Butler, Bam, Kyle Lowry has, has had to miss games. Even Tyler Hero had a stretch where he had COVID. He missed, I think a couple of weeks as well. Like those four guys that I just mentioned, they've only played 12 games together throughout the entire wow season. i don't know that actually, Damn. Yeah, it's actually ridiculous yeah. and there's number one in the eastern conference so obviously it shows that they have much better depth than we thought that they had it when the season started there's guys having career years like uh we mentioned uh, you, you were talking about the all-nba center omar yurtsevin and but even guys like uh, caleb martin and gabe vincent as well he's playing really well max schuss is coming into his own duncan you know we, i'm still not sure what we're going to get out of him he's been playing better recently but you know, he's, he's there, he's there, he's kicking it around and he's doing well. When Jimmy comes he's in, it's like, roster. yeah, he's, he's on the roster. He's on the roster. When guys like Jimmy and Bam and Kyle Lowry, when they come back in, it's, it's almost seamless, which is kind of weird because uh, you would expect that maybe they throw off the office a little bit. Obviously when they're out, the ball probably moves a lot more to a whole bunch of different guys. It's more even when Jimmy comes in, when Kyle comes back and Bam, obviously they're going to be holding the ball more, but either way, it's like, the guys fit into their roles no matter what the situation is. And I think that's a massive credit, of course, to Eric Spolcher, who's now my coach of the year for the season. And 
as long as you have a guy like that at the helm and then the roster is obviously really good. I really like the Heat's chances of like making the conference finals and also making the NBA finals at the, at the, at the pace that they're going They're even though they have a slow pace on their offense or, and they're, they're always like, but defensively, and even then they're top five in offensive rating and top 10 defensive rating. They're in, they're in a really good team, regardless of who's playing or not. Yeah, really quickly, uh, Kirk Goldsberry is a great follow on Instagram. So I want to quickly shout him out. He Big does time. every 15 Big games. He, he puts out like a efficiency landscape chart um, where he kind of it, it's basically a XY graph where it shows where each team sits in terms of uh, uh, offensive efficiency, defensive yeah. efficiency and, and overall. So over the last the last chart he put out, the Heat were four net two offense, eight on defense. And I think that just goes to show how steadily they've been improving. And you can look at all these charts that he has on yeah, his Instagram page and see over the year or over, yeah, over the season, how the heat have climbed. So definitely a lot of improvement. I agree that a lot of it goes to Spo. Uh, easy. I want to ask you that though. How do you feel about Spolstra uh, coach of the year that, that Benny was talking about? I mean, it feels like pretty well-deserved considering all the moving pieces that they've had on the roster this year. Yeah, you would think. Also, Kirk Goldsberry wrote Sprawl Ball, really good book. Mm. So if you're into like the whole dynamic of NBA shooting as it's evolved and stuff like that, good book to check out. Um, but yeah, in terms of Spolstra, like we we do the same thing every year whenever Spolstra takes a team that should be worse, but then ends up actually being good. <laughs> the problem is, is that this is happening at the wrong time. And in, in the sense for the coach of the year, I feel like coach of the year is very much an award where like it's a combination of team record and also what's going on at the end of the season. It's not like a, it's not like rookie of the year where like rookie of the year, it's like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter what your record is. Were you the best one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Here's the award. Um, so yeah, Spolstra is, he should get it honestly um, based on the circumstances that he's had to deal with, with injuries and stuff like that, making the most of his roster, which can be said the same for a lot of coaches, but you know, it's just one of those things where like, are they going to be doing this well later on in the season? Are there any teams that are going to emerge out of nowhere? Are there other teams that might have injuries like that? And then they end up still playing well. So it's like, does he deserve it? Absolutely. Will he get it based on the criteria from other years that I've seen? No, because he didn't get it the year that he basically took it. I don't even remember the record. It was like 10 and what, 32, something like that. And he ended up oh, yeah, 10 and the last game and barely missed yeah. it. Yeah, barely 30, missed yeah. in the last game. So like, yeah. I'm not saying he deserved it that year because his team was an A seed, but at the same time, it's like there's years where this man has deserved it and he hasn't gotten it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why am I going to believe any differently than, than now based on what I'm saying? Like, should yeah. he get it? Yes. Will he? The NBA d- tells me no. <laughs> but How do you guys think it would help if, um, because the way that he's been able to, to manage the roster, it gives me more hope than maybe I had before that when Oladipo comes back, that he'll be able mm. to fit him in as well. Like, how do you think that could factor in as well into how the season carries out for the Heat? That's a good, yeah. I mean, I feel like Oladipo, if, I mean, if anybody can get the most out of Oladipo at this point in his career, you think it'd be Miami, considering you get the most out of, like, the most random players. I just don't know how healthy he is. Um, yeah. I don't know how long it'll last. You know, you get me? If he's going to get re-injured again after 10 games or something like that. I mean, who knows? But that being said, I, I see no reason why he wouldn't be able to integrate. I feel like we can use them off the bench with hero or if you want to give them like rotational minutes where you have hero in and out like kind of stagger their minutes together um but i mean if, if he can even be like i mean i feel like we say this like for the past three seasons but if he can even be 50 percent <laughs> of what he was that one year that he was like a you know one of the top 
you know, 15, 20 guys in the league, then, you know, we, we it'd be pretty scary to face the Miami Heat in the playoffs, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. like, but do you need Oladipo at this point? I mean, like, it wouldn't hurt. It, would, <laughs> it, yeah. wouldn't, it doesn't hurt, but at the same time, what does he bring that you're not getting from your guys already? Well, I feel like he could give you something different than what you get from, uh, like, a Duncan Robinson, for example, where if, you know, Max Drews has been playing really well all season. Right. And it's, you, you know, even better than, than, than Duncan in, some, in stretches. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like if you want to get a different look and maybe a little more defense and you can move Jimmy to the three, uh, you know, in some lineups, it may be heroes not giving you what you want on, on the defensive end, something like that. Um, but, you know, I guess what what is he giving you over hero? I guess would be the, the question. Right. right. And like, I yeah. guess my, also my issue is that, yeah, you can have Oladipo as a defender, but like, let's say for example, you have lineups where you don't have Duncan in. Mm-hmm. Struess doesn't get the gravity Duncan does. And Oladipo mm-hmm. surely does not get the gravity that either of those two get from the outside. So if you put Oladipo in those defensive lineups with Jimmy, bam, that kind of hurts the offense in a way because you're limiting your ability to stretch the floor. So like, yeah, defensively, you might be solid, but is what you, is what you, is what you gain in the defensive end worth what you lose on the offensive end by not having guys who attract defenders from the three point line to open it up for Jimmy and bam. That's like the question I have with Oladipo only because in the recent years, his shooting hasn't been the greatest, at least efficiency. I mean, it's a testament to the teams he's been on. So I'm not going to say he's a bad shooter, but like, at this point of the season of what we know about the heat, he could add something, but what is it that he's going to add? And is it really going to help the team necessarily? It might just be the same thing. Maybe the team just kind of just stays at the same level of offense and defense with him on the floor and without him. So, well, the, you know. well, that's the thing, right? It's what, what player is he going to be at this stage of his right. career? You know what I mean? Is he going to try to, is he, is he out? I mean, what are the, what are his goals? Is he, is he out to try to be, you know, a prove it type of deal where, you know, he can sign a one year either here or elsewhere and then try to get a max deal is he still even that caliber of player that he can bet on bet on himself in that way or is he just gonna try to be more of a role player uh fit in with the team is he a better shooter than he was the last time we saw him i mean those are all questions that like we just won't know unless he comes back to the court and that's not a guarantee either although the reports say it's gonna it's coming soon but i feel like they've been saying that for a year so they've been saying that literally for a year <laughs> yeah, yeah i have no idea like i know it's, we have that second surgery well, Barry, Barry surgery, Jackson, like, like Barry, Barry Jackson from the, I think he's from the Miami Herald. He's like mm-hmm. about as plugged in as it gets with like Miami sports. And he, right. he did say that, that this is for real, that he will come back in February. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I was, I'm ain't... wondering, like, I think that, no, I know we've heard it before. We've heard it before. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering, like, to, just kind of thinking about what you guys were talking about. I, I do think that Spolsha might utilize him in a little bit of a, of a point guard role. Just because after Lowry, like I don't like here here as a point guard doesn't is not really like what gets the best out of him. I don't know. If, and since we don't know what Oladipo is, like he could very well be more evolved into that type of player that Spolsha can work with. Be, and if that's the case, like if he's a guy that would give Lowry a rest, for example, that you would want to put in instead, then I would probably in the playoffs, I would probably have more faith, even though you lose some shooting, I would probably have more faith in Oladipo than like a Gabe Vincent or something. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that answers your question easy for sure about yeah, like that, what, the, what uh, would he give us? You know, definitely over right. and I can see. I that. would say, yeah, 
in that department, yeah. But I feel like in, in terms of like the hustle stats, I think Gabe Vincent's going to give you more just because yeah. that's his role. He understands yeah. it more he's than got culture. He's got culture. would. <laughs> yeah, like he, he's part of that DNA. I hate that yeah. shit, but mm-hmm. he is. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I definitely see the parallel between a Lowry and an Oladipo more than I do of an Oladipo and like a Struce Duncan role because mm-hmm. like that's just mm-hmm. like it, there's just no way that you can think of Oladipo as the outside threat um, that Duncan gravitates at least not saying that he is because clearly this season he hasn't been but he gra- he has the gravity still somehow um he moves so a lot I, off the ball yeah. so i don't know i don't know if oladipo would do that so i don't know yeah, yeah. and i don't think oladipo can do yeah. that i just don't exactly. think it's no. in his bag i, I think he's exactly. more of a spot up type like catch and shoot um attack the basket yeah like attack the basket dribble drive um he's not catch and shoot and he's not ball off ball movement a lot mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we might not even know if he's actually into off ball movement as much as he used to be yeah, with, if he can uh, be. with the injuries, right. Yeah. right? So I seen Clay do it, but that's because literally that's the Warriors' offense. He's forced to do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> if not, he's not. He gets no money. Right, like he, he's not, not even gonna, gonna get. He's not pay. even gonna get shots. He doesn't get shots yeah. if he doesn't move. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see with all the people. I think it's gonna be. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, going back to like the main question about are the Heat like a championship mm-hmm. like contender? Like, I'm gonna echo every single thing I've said about the Heat every single time since the free agency. You don't make the moves they made unless you consider yourself a conference finals team or a championship winning team. You can't do what they have done and commit yourself to the one, two year window, unless you know that this is the roster that can do it. And clearly we're seeing the results that yes, this is the roster that has the potential to do that. Um, So it's good to see, but the job isn't even close to being done. You get what I'm saying? Like you need to actually like do this when it matters. Because we could have said last year the team last year was also a little bit faltering, but nobody would have thought that the Bucks would have wrecked us the way they did. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I need to see results when it matters. I need to see Bam play and elevate. I don't think he's elevated his play this year necessarily. It could be the injury um, that he had and that, you know, like he's going to get a slow build back. Mm. I hope he shows a little bit more because I have not seen like the growth this year that we kind of saw from Bam in the first use in the first few years. Um, the Jimmy spot up threes needs to end. I am I'm stop, done with it. Please stop, stop it. Please. Yeah. I, I yeah. hate that he's actually shooting them when he doesn't need to, but then the years when he should have shot them, he didn't. <laughs> and it's like, okay, make up your mind. Like I get you want to start shooting more, but be efficient. Um, yeah. So there's still things on the team that they can improve upon, you know? And that's the good thing that Spolcher is going to be working with. It's that there's still room for growth. This isn't the final product of what you expect this team to be. Um, so yeah, all signs point up right now for the heat. Yeah, it's looking good for sure for them. And, you know, like you guys were saying, like those tough matchup, those tough matchups in the in the playoffs are really going to kind of determine, uh, you know, their, their their destiny, if they can actually make it to the finals. Um, but I guess moving on from them, uh, got to move on to someone, someone else who's really hot in the past couple of weeks, and that's Joel Embiid. Um, so they've, he's been on an absolute tear. The team's been on, on an absolute tear. They're 13-2. and two or 12 and three, sorry, in their last 15. Um, and he's been like incredible. He had, uh, what was it the other night? Like 30 and, and 12 or something like that the other night. And, you know, just 50 point games, 40 point he's games he's all in the past right few days. Uh, it's ridiculous. So um, definitely have to rescind my, my take of him being, uh, what did I have him at 13 all NBA? Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> He's definitely up there with Jokic for first team contention. Uh, so you know, forget that whole. We're gonna need an, uh, 
our our editor, which we don't have one, but we're gonna need one to <laughs> go back and uh, and uh, basically just like censor my entire take. But that being said, <laughs> I apologize, Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid listened to our podcast actually and just fucking went off because since then he's been like ridiculous. But uh, I did have him as, as my preseason MVP though, so you know, don't get too mad at me, Joel. But I'm cool, with the you, I'm, I'm cool with the you from yeah. like September. I don't know if I'm cool with the you yeah, from yeah. a week ago. The, the me from January so far is <laughs> slacking. But <laughs> uh, what do you guys see from Joel Embiid and the Sixers in general? Obviously, the Ben Simmons uh, whole thing looms. But we're done with that. Uh, we're done with that. But I guess how do you guys feel about about Embiid uh, and just the Sixers in general? Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go to you. I I feel so bad for Joel Embiid. First off, I feel so bad for him because not only is he doing this himself, he's doing this with Tobias Harris as a teammate. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine Tobias Harris being the second highest player on your team and you're expected to win playoff games. That's um, tough. So that's yeah. number one. So number one, props to you, Joel Embiid. You're making things happen too. Tobias Harris is a really nice guy. I, I, no, no, no heat on him. He's just a victim of that thing of where like big contracts are like, you know, like they make you look much worse than what you really are. It's just like an over-evaluation of your talent. Um, not saying Tobias Harris is a bad player, but he's not a $38 million a year player. Uh, but going back to Joel Embiid um, and what he's doing, he, he, he's doing what we said he needed to do to be considered for MVP. He's, doing, he's elevated his game to another level. His team is winning as a product of that. It's not just that he's getting these stats and they're empty. He is a winning player. He's making the moves. He's finally showing that sense of urgency that you expect from a player that hasn't won anything yet, where like they're kind of fed up with the with the mindset of my team can't get it done and I'm the best player on this team. You can start seeing that fade away a little bit. Um, it's great to see. It's great to see a center do as well as he's doing. I know we have Jokic, but he's just like a different kind of a center. It's more of like an attack in the paint type. Um, and a defensive um, menace, honestly. Um, so, yeah, it's just really great to see that he's actually taking this next step. Hopefully he's able to keep it up um, so he could be even be considered for MVP because even with this stretch, he's still third um, in the MVP race. So it's like, what else can this man do other than what he's doing right now? Like, I almost I almost feel like this is like a, I'm not saying the talent level is the same, but it's like Allen Iverson with Philly back when he made the NBA finals. It's like, what else does Joel Embiid have? Like he has guys that can shoot, but like you're telling me you're gonna rely on Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey every night. You're telling me you're gonna yeah. you're, like I can rely on Seth Curry in the playoffs, but every game he's gonna get me 20. I don't think so. Um, and then Tobias Harris is always, you know, he, he does well one game and does horrible three games. So it's like, gosh, I really hope they work on a deal to, <laughs> to get this man Halliburton, Fox. I don't know who, yeah, but man. get this man another guard because they really he, need. He's another guard. I totally agree. Because I mean, you know, Tyrese Tyrese Maxi has been really good. Yeah. I mean, considering I guess his expectations for his career and where he would be, but they need somebody else, man. Yeah, like it can't just be Curry and Maxi being yeah. the offensive load for Joel Embiid when Tobias Harris is struggling. And if you're gonna do anything, you might want to get Halliburton more than Fox, only because Halliburton does the other things on the court that you need him to do. Um, I mean, getting Fox would be great. In terms of like a playmaking, I think it'll be easier too to get him, right? Over, you know, Halliburton. I think it'll yeah. be easier at this point with yeah. the contract that Fox has, and to trade it would be a lot easier. Yeah. You would have to probably trade Fox. Um, yeah, for for the, Ben. Yeah. yeah, you would have to do that. 
along with Tristan Thompson, but you know, he's my favorite player. So uh, I digress from here. I leave this to Benny now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Benny, like you said, so you said that you also feel sorry for Joel Embiid. Yeah, I heard yeah. some uh, comments from uh, Daryl Morey about how Ben Simmons is basically like the perfect player for the, for the team and the, exactly what they're missing. So it still feels like Daryl, like Daryl's first option is to have Ben over anybody else. Do you feel the same way i mean how do you fix this for joel and beat it almost feels that there, there are some similarities to the to the deal that joel and beat is getting in philly to what luka Doncic is getting in dallas as far as like the help he's getting from roster construction but aside from that like like from what i see from this guy like what easy basically easy easy said a bunch of great points and like the big one being that he's that he's a winning player and since December 16th, he's averaging 34 points a game. Obviously, he gets a bunch of rebounds, so he's over 10 for that as well. And he's making things happen. They're 13 and 5 in the last month and a month and a week and a half, a couple of weeks or whatever. 34 points a game. And he's carrying this team in all honesty because, like Izzy was saying, I'm not going to trust Tyrese Maxey and these guys. Like Seth Curry's fine in the playoffs, but now he's probably like, okay. And it's even then in the playoffs, he's going to be, he's going to have to do this in the playoffs to have a chance of even winning the first round. Cause I don't know in the standings right now, they would have to play, uh, uh, they would have to play Brooklyn. Like he's going to have to put up numbers like this to be Brooklyn, if not more so. Right. And he's going to have to do it last year. Exactly. them in game seven and by that was by like a katie foot like exactly yeah. foot. Size, exactly yeah. so yeah. if like daryl maury saying that he's that joel Embiid is perfect for this roster i guess because who else is going to take any load off joel Embiid? he's <laughs> joel Embiid is going to average Simmons, yeah. obviously joel Embiid is going to average 30 point 34 points a game on this team because who yeah. else is going to average even like 15 yeah. like he has to yeah. and yeah, yeah. If they want to get, and mind you, this guy, well, not mind you, we all know this. It's very recent history that this guy has had a lot of injury problems. Mm. So we don't know if this is even going to, how long this is even going to last. Like, uh, right. Daryl Philadelphia could be wasting a, an all-time talent if they yeah. don't get him help or he doesn't need to be doing 34 points a game. He can do this in the playoffs. We've seen him do it. Yeah. But he can't, you can't expect him to do this for an entire regular season and then the playoffs. Well, that's the gamble, right? It's like they're playing chicken with Ben Simmons. In the meantime, Joel Embiid is like having this, you know, all-time yeah. season, and it this may just go to waste. Yeah, I, you know, like it. you guys were yeah. saying, I can see them beating Brooklyn, but there's no way they get past, you know, whoever they play in the second round. If, if they're, you I know. mean, and just going back to the point, they're doing what every team does when they have a superstar, which is what they do in, with Luka too. It's that they think they're going to be that good forever. And they mm-hmm. think that they're always going to want to be there. And you're prioritizing Ben Simmons again in his career, yeah. even when he's not even <laughs> playing for you, you're still prioritizing Ben Simmons over what you have in front of you. Imagine going up to Joel Embiid and being like, you know what? We know that you're really balling out. You're really putting up MVP numbers this year. We have a really good chance with this team. Um, but you know what? In order to maximize our future potential, you know, now that we're going to hit your sixth or seventh year in the NBA, what we're going to do now is we're going to wait to the off season mm-hmm. to trade Ben Simmons, and then we'll be ready next year. No, you're doing well now, but Ben Simmons's value isn't going to get any higher. Clearly, clearly from June to now, it hasn't gotten any higher. It's gone lower and it's not going to get higher in the off season. So like, it just frustrates me that we see these star players and teams just don't know when it's time to like go all in. Like, I know that it sucks that you're going to go all in at the same time as Brooklyn, at the same time as Chicago, at the same time as the Heat. 
but you're not going to get this Joel Embiid forever, whether it's talent-wise or whether it's contract-wise. Once his contract's up, if he if there is no change in his playoff progression in terms of where he ends, he's leaving. This is the last contract Joel Embiid has on the, on the Sixers unless they can prove they can actually win with him. So with that in mind, you would think you would do as much as possible in the years that you still have him to show that you have a willingness to try to win. It's what uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks did to get Giannis back. They got Drew Holiday. They committed. They sent all those picks away. They're like, you know what? Drew Holiday's the right guy. Maybe he's not the same value as the picks that we think, but he's the right guy. And Giannis saw that, and he was like, you know what? Let me extend then. So he extended. You know, that I haven't seen the Sixers say offer that same courtesy to Joel. And what has Joel done other than be the best player he can be for this team? It's just it's super frustrating. I'm getting on a tangent now, but I'm done. No, but you're totally right. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why I find Daryl Morey's comments to be so confusing because the leverage that Ben Simmons has is really like much greater than the Sixers organization because if you do not move him, it may cost you a championship this season. And Daryl saying, I don't, he, Daryl saying that Ben Simmons is a perfect player for the team. It's basically giving all the cards to Ben Simmons. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're not going to be here and be a part of the team, then we basically can't win a championship. And if we can't trade you, we basically can't win a championship. So, so Ben Simmons gets to decide exactly what he wants to do, which is to leave and choose where he wants to go. And his value keeps decreasing every single day. Cause again, there's, you know, what, a couple months left in the regular season. You know, if you're a team, I mean, trade deadline is in a month, you know, trade deadlines coming up. Uh, you know, these calls are going to start coming with uh, less and less and, you know, enticing deals for, for the Sixers. So, uh, very confusing comments for from Daryl about Ben Simmons in that regard. And I mean, he's always been a guy from his at least from his history in Houston. He's always been a, like a go for it guy. He's always yeah, he's, he's always true. been a guy to want to maximize his stars, especially when he had James Harden on the roster. He whether it was going for Dwight Howard, and then later it was Chris Paul, then Russell Westbrook as like a last ditch. He's always been a guy to be willing to risk the future, I guess, of the franchise to for the immediate um, chance to to win a ring. No. And if like some of the, there have been a couple like trade reports that they, te- um, they that turned they down. say they might've turned down. Yeah. We don't, yeah. obviously we don't know hundred percent of it's true, but like, if they are true, then it's like, you know, what are you waiting for? Because the offers are only going to get worse to your point, Mike. Yeah. yeah no, I agree. 100%. And, and even just going back, like I said, the trade deadlines in a month. No, it's, it's, it's February 10th. Um, yeah, it's not even three yeah. weeks. It's like a week and a Two half, weeks. like yeah. literally. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Like if I'm Joel Embiid, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what, man? Like, I know this is like first year, second, I don't know, first year. I think it's his first year, right? With the team. For Maury. For yeah. Yeah. I know it's his first year with the team. I know he's trying to like build future flexibility so he can keep his job. Like I get that. But at some point when you're the player and you see this happening, what, when's enough enough, you know, like just because it's your first year doesn't mean it's my first year. <laughs> like, like, come on. And like, what does this say about Daryl Morey and his faith and Doc Rivers as a coach if you're not willing to get the pieces he needs to try to put a product out there that's going to win? Like, what you're doing right now is telling your team you think that they're good enough to play in the playoffs, but you're saying that it's up to Ben Simmons to make them a championship team, and that's what they need. What you're saying at that point is that this team isn't capable of winning unless this guy plays. And then you're saying that, but the past few years with Ben Simmons has proven that that's not enough to win a championship. So, mm-hmm. like... You're saying this, but it's not really true either. So do I trust you as a GM to make the right move? No, because you haven't made a move. You haven't made the one move that everyone would have made by now. And I don't care if by the end of the season, James Harden decides, you know what? 
I want to go to Philly. And they agree on a sign and trade and they trade Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons at the end of the season. Now you're putting your stock in James Harden and Joel Embiid for a whole other year. That means you're banking on the fact that this guy's going to be healthy for a year, that Joel Embiid is going to do the same thing he's doing now. And then you're banking on James Harden, who hasn't exactly been the greatest playoff player either. <laughs> Best teammate, yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. you could say you want to get the maximum value from the guy you're trying to trade, but at what cost? Like, yeah. It's just ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I think there's no question either way if they bring back Ben or trade him. If they do win a championship or do any kind of winning in the next year or two, it'll be because of Embiid's improvement and just his dominance. And yeah. it's going to be fun to watch. I think he'll probably get some MVP It'll be a lot votes. of fun to watch for the other fans. Yeah. To see for the, yeah. like that. <laughs> if he really get wrecked, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yeah i mean it has been on an absolute tear and it's a damn shame that uh he doesn't have a, a running mate that of you know at least somewhat on his level to to try and win so uh i guess i guess we'll move, keep going along here any other thoughts on on the beat and and the 76ers all Rest right then. Rest of, yeah all right get boy. good get good get i don't good. know like Oh, Keep, God. Help him out. Help him out. Your first teamer. Your first teamer, Embiid. I don't care. What <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess with that being said, speaking of uh, the cream of the crop, All-Star Weekend is coming up January or uh, let's see, February 10th is the All-Star Draft. February 18th to the 20th is the weekend. So we're about three weeks out, three and a half. Yeah. Um, and the NBA just, what, yesterday two days ago made an announcement about some changes that are coming to one of the events the rising stars game um so i'll quickly i'll i'll read uh just what the what the breakdown is going to be so in the past it's been i think last year was uh team world versus team usa essentially so it was international players versus uh you know obviously domestic players um and before that it was uh, rookies versus sophomore players um, but now, so they're kind of going back to that rookie sophomore format, but it's going to be a little different. So they have, they're going to select 28 players. They're going to select 12 NBA rookies and 12 sophomores. The other four players are going to be NBA G League Ignite players. So that's, uh, you know, one thing that's going to be really interesting to see. These are basically high school graduates or just guys who decided <laughs> not to go to college and uh, make their way to the G League Ignite team um, that are going to be in this event. And so it's going to be a tournament style. Um, event with uh four teams of seven players each so each team will have one player from that ignite squad and then uh the coaches uh, of each of those teams are going to be able to draft the remaining players to fill out the roster and uh, i just i was looking at this today too so the coach is going to be a member of the nba 75 team um so that list that they put out before the year started of the top 75 players of all time uh they're going to get four people from that list and make them coaches for, for the game so i don't think they've announced that yet um, but that would be interesting to see who they announce. I imagine it'll be some old, some of the older guys who are retired. Um, and so uh, one other thing that they're going to do differently is that they're going to play the game uh, to a final target score. So similar to what they did with the uh, normal all-star game where at the at the fourth quarter, they have to, it's like the first team to score. I forget how many, how many points it was. It was like 24, I think, right? 24, yeah, in honor of Kobe or something like that. Yeah. Um, so. so in this game, uh, or, or this tournament, it's going to be a race to 75. So games one and two will be played until a team reaches 50 points, and then the championship game will be played until a team reaches 25 points. 
um, which makes sense because obviously those guys will be playing two games. You don't want to wear them out. Um, so I, I think that's a pretty cool change. I'm looking forward to like a tournament style. Uh, it's kind of evocative of like March Madness type of style, which is, you know, a few weeks before actual March Madness begins. So I think that's pretty cool. I guess, what are your thoughts on the changes? Um, do you think it's better than what it's been in the past? Easy. Many, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I don't know if you want to go first. I go first. I got a lot to say about All-Star Weekend. But yeah, go yeah. for it. I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> like so it. like, <laughs> yeah, so I would have never watched this game. Exactly. Unless I did this. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. Like, like <laughs> why, why would yep. I care about watching a bunch of rookies and sophomores run up the score to 170? Like, great. Wow. <laughs> Sick. Um, No defense. Awesome. But like, at least with like the target score thing, you know, players are going to be out there just trying to get to the score. Like, there's going to be some sort of objective. Yeah, it's going to be offensive driven. And like, defense is probably not going to be played, but it's not going to be played for an hour, you know, like. <laughs> so it's cool to see that it's going to be tournament style, too. We could see some of those young guys. We could see um some nba legends it's always nice to see you know um yep. nba alums getting involved um and anything going on with the league so it's going to be cool to see some faces out there whether it be like Shaq or you know um maybe some of the older guys like you said um i think that what they need to do is start getting really creative with every event so this is cool to see mm -hmm. with this one but hopefully this is like the beginning bridge to other things happening um like for example like the slam dunk contest something needs to happen there like every like five years we get one that's like insane but then we'll get like other ones where like we don't even know the names of the contestants like yeah, like jeremy seriously. evans won a dunk yeah. contest and that guy maybe played like three nba games that season like what are we doing um we had a what, what was last year was awful last year was like three guys and it was like Cassius yeah. stanley and oh, like God, two yeah. other guys like what like, like if those are the guys that we're going to be getting for dunk contests, you know what? Get me some random guys that literally do dunking as like a profession, like for you <laughs> and put them in yeah. the dunk contest. Like literally, I just want to see some cool dunks. Is mm -hmm. it cooler to see it from NBA players? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're going to give me Cassius Stanley, <laughs> come on, yeah, that's like tough. be better. And then like, I know they've tricked around with the three point contest, but like the whole rack being the money ball kind of just like defeats the purpose of the whole contest like if a player's picking his favorite zone to get extra points in and they make all the shots like that that kind of defeats the purpose of the entire four other racks that they shot you're also just valuing yeah. one spot of the three-point line instead of all of them so just go back to the old format four regular ones one money ball in each rack simple way to fix that also um and then in terms of the all-star game they do the target score now so that's pretty good like they do it by mm -hmm. quarter mm -hmm. um i guess from an optic standpoint let them wear their team's jersey. Mm, why they come up with are awful. Yeah. Like the ones from this year are awful. I'm like, thought not about even that, that in a while. Like, yeah. like why can't they just wear the like the team jersey that they wear? Like represent Yeah, they can't the even team? wear like the city edition jersey or something like that. Right. Like literally, you know, like just wear like a retro jersey. Like, I don't know, yeah. make it fun. Like you see the games from the 2000s. Like you see these guys in these jerseys and you're like, man, that's so sick. Like they're all repping mm -hmm. their team. You know, you could see like the culmination of their work for their team. And in the all-star game, you don't even see that. Like, like it what? Like it's the red and blue, cool East versus West. But like, we're not really doing that anymore because we have a draft. So like, if, if there's any time to do the Jersey, it's now. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like the, the games actually become more about like the actual draft that they do on TNT yeah. than, that, than the game itself. Like that's more interesting than, than the actual yeah. game. And so like, they don't even give a shit about, you know, what it means to be an all-star or anything like that. Right. Like it's just yeah. the title and like, 
if you're out there trying to, if this game is for fun and you want them to represent their teams and like, they should be honored to do that and stuff like that. Let them wear the team Jersey. I don't, I don't get why that's, you're telling me that the players can't figure out who their teammates are that day. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't don't think that'll be a problem. They they did it in the nineties. They did it in the eighties. They did it in the two thousands. Why can't they do it now? Like get out of here, make it fun, make it nice to watch. Yeah. Like instead of the abomination that we have this year. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I wonder if and- that's more like a like an I don't know like a contractual thing where like I think it's Jordan that makes that's making it for this year. I think mm-hmm. that maybe it's like within a contract Could that maybe has with Jordan that you know they get to make the All Star jerseys or whatever. Anything but I would prefer it be like yeah. what Easy said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you just so wear the jerseys. Like, that's how it used to be. You used you used to wear just a just a, your actual. Oh jerseys. gosh, I mean, remember when it was East versus West and not like <laughs> just free for all of whoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the draft's fun though i will say i do like no, the I like idea the of the draft yeah. because like it avoids like the whole like conference one conference is significantly better than the other mm-hmm. um situation yeah. oh you know, this year like, i guess it, you know i mean this year would be pretty even right like. but like for example like in the west yeah. for centers what am i gonna do have three all-stars like, yeah, Rudy Gobert, Jokic, yeah. and carl anthony towns like i'm gonna have three centers <laughs> on my roster but then in the east i'm gonna have joel Embiid and what bam Stop it. He hasn't the, played the, the starting center, <laughs> the starting center for the best team in the East. <laughs> Isn't it Yurtsevin? Yurtsevin oh, would right. be the how do you, how do you fit Deadman would be third. How do you fit yeah. Bam, Deadman, and Yurtsevin in the All Star team? It's yeah, plus Embiid. Okay. I don't know. Embiid's going to have to go oh, 14 yeah. there. Yeah. Bam's going to have to learn how to shoot. Oh, no. That's, that's oh, gosh. <laughs> no, yeah. But uh, no, I agree, though. I mean, I feel like they should go back to. There's, there's been a lot of changes to the All Star game. Not all of them uh, yeah. could. But I do like what, what you were saying before, though, how they have the target score. Um, yeah. The draft is a lot more fun than just East versus West. And you get like this fun little TNT show like a day before or whatever. Um, so I guess we'll see. I think last I saw LeBron was still the leading vote getter. So I guess he's just going to be captain <laughs> again and do the draft again. And I feel every time they've done draft, LeBron has been a captain, right? Like, yeah, probably. pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's never not been LeBron. So mm-hmm. we'll see if we get a new, a new captain in there or not. <laughs> LeBron's going to be drafting teams for the rest of his life. Lich GM has been a decade long. He's going to draft his own son. Yeah, at this rate. At this rate, Bronny's going to be on his team or Bronny's going to be picking against his dad. Like, Yeah, honestly. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, my God. LeBron's just going to be uh, like, I'm going to keep playing till my son is the all-star captain. My son is the guy who's going to be 58 years old. He's going to be a skeleton. He's going to be the skeleton. coach for the Rising Stars game when uh, his son's playing. He still won't be as old as Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, oh, yeah, so pretty pretty interesting changes. Looking forward to watching the Rising Stars games, like you guys say, like you guys were saying. I wouldn't have watched it otherwise. So yeah. Um, and also, I guess I'm gonna have to read up on the Ignite roster to see who the hell is gonna be. <laughs> Last year, it would have been a lot of fun because we had, well, had Jalen Green, Kaminga, right? Tyshawn Nix. So we would have had yeah. some interesting names there but this year I, i'm not too familiar with the the, the g league ignite team well speaking like of Kaminga, easy i mean kaminga has been kind of yeah it's really hit. easy Kaminga's to dunk it. it it's been really easy to play <laughs> him and dunk on you know the 15th guy on the bench when the warriors are up by 40 <laughs> against the mavericks so i mean yeah i'm glad he's playing well but he also scored like 13 of those points in the fourth quarter against well didn't he have didn't he have a game this year where he scored like 30 
Like those I'm also pretty sure ago. that Curry, Thompson, and Draymond were all not playing that game. Well, hey, I mean, you know, not everybody can score 30. I'm just saying, I told you about Kaminga. I told you about Kaminga. Yeah, he's also averaging six you points know? a game. So, you know, tell me about well, it. Damn, bro, we're sorry you don't like him. <laughs> he's coming on, bro. It's like, you're, I mean, your seven's probably, is, is averaging probably like six and six rebounds, but, you know, he had two weeks where he was like Will Chamberlain, so. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But, you know, anyways, I digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts on the past, uh, I guess, week I or mean, so? Of, uh, I guess to action. close this out, yeah. I, I kind of just like thinking like we're, we're at the mid. We can say we're at the midway. Point, yeah, this is right. Like we yeah. can we can we can yeah. say we're, we're at the midway. Yeah. How do you think like what's your biggest like, I guess, like take right now that we haven't shared? Mm. Like mm. what's your like? Like, what do you think is going to happen based on what we've seen so far that maybe we wouldn't have, like, expected necessarily? Just what's your take? Like, where do you see the season going? Like, what teams do you think are still threats? Like, just like a summary quick thing, you know? Well, I'll say the West has definitely been more of a shakeup than I think anybody thought it would be. And seeing the Grizzlies up there. The Suns, I mean, we felt like we we all felt that the Suns would be, you know, would have a good year. But obviously, the Warriors being where they are is completely unexpected, and I'm really excited to see how that playoff picture forms. I feel like the Grizzlies are there to stay. I don't think they're gonna fall off and you know become a six or seven seed. So, um, yeah. I think playoffs in the West are gonna be probably more interesting than in the East, um, just because I'm not sure. I I. I I'm skeptical of Chicago. I'll say that. I was about, that was, that's I'm what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Go You go that for it. I because gonna... I am a little skeptical too. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to like, <laughs> no, no, go for it. Yeah. No, no. Go, give the take. Give the take. Yeah. yeah. No, it was literally that is that I, I like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago starts to fall off a little bit. I like, I'm not saying they're going to go to like six or something, but maybe to like four, three or four. Like I can see. Milwaukee yeah. I can see that. Brooklyn start to catch. I mean, up it's more. expected think... with the injuries they have. Exactly. Though. The injuries they have. And then also they're just, they've never been as deep as the other teams that are, that they're competing with for the top seed. And when push comes to the shelves in, in the playoffs, if they're going up against the nets or they're going up against Milwaukee or even the heat, I just don't think they're going to win that series. I think they'll probably, you know, and I think they're slated to play, I guess the, the higher seed of the, of the, of the, tournament the playing tournament yeah um so it'd be either like charlotte toronto they'll probably beat those or boston or, or washington they'll beat that team for sure whoever it is but if they play philadelphia in the second round could we see an upset would that be surprising to anybody is that an upset you know well again yeah, yeah, it is. technically you know, it's, it would be, yeah, it's, an upset. it's an upset uh so yeah definitely i guess that would be my hottest take but uh yeah i agree with that one yeah yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll throw it to you, Easy. What's your? I still have a slight belief yeah. in Chicago, just because I know their guards are very important. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold you don't want to give up Alonzo. I got you. <laughs> I'm not giving up on Caruso, bro. I'm not giving up on that the team. Caruso. The Caruso. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I guess my biggest takeaway is that the first round isn't going to matter. The playoffs start in the conference semis. Mm. Like usually in round one, you might find like an upset here or there. I think we're at this point right now where we can honestly say there's only eight teams that have a chance. Yeah, I. That's a good point. That's I a lot, isn't see... it? I mean, like well, in four each conference, I, top four in each, in each conference. Yeah, I mean, like top yeah. four in each conference. Like, I just like I can't see, for example, like I don't see Utah winning. So, like, I can bring my list down, like me, mm-hmm. but like from a general right. perspective, there's eight teams left. There's there's no okay. like to yeah. me, Phillies doesn't make noise. Phillies not gonna make noise. I can nah. I can say that now with confidence. Um, they're doing great recently, but I know they're not going to do it in the playoffs. Um, 
I have no faith in Utah, so I can bring my down my list down to seven. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, you like Memphis? I, know, or... I, I love Memphis. I, yeah, I, I want to pick them to <laughs> to come out of the West, but yeah, to, I, to your point, uh, you, you know yeah. my take on Memphis, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Memphis is the kryptonite for the Warriors, but that's just my take. Um, I mean, they have they, they could be. They, they, could be. Yeah, they, they have their be. number every year. I'm sick yep. of it, but it's yep. they haven't <laughs> proved me otherwise. So I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's 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 uh, to me it's seven teams, yeah. but for everyone else, it's eight. <laughs> well, and I don't think either LA team is gonna surprise us. You know, all all I of mean, a sudden yeah. the late. Surge. I don't think anyone's counting them though for the yeah. finals. No one's run. counting the late. I mean, like if the Lakers pull it off, we won't be shocked. Like shocked. we won't be shocked. I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I'm saying, like, in shocked. a sense, like LeBron turning it up in the playoffs. If LeBron dominates and yeah, ends up winning series, I like I'm not gonna be like, oh chance. man, I can't believe LeBron did this and the Lakers are in the second round. I'm not gonna react like that. Yeah, yeah. But just think I about mean, who he'd have be to like play. A huge accomplishment. It would be like a huge accomplishment. He'd have to right, be but, like Phoenix or Golden State. Right. But let's say, for example, right. But let's say they get the six seed and they play Memphis. You're telling me they can't. Yeah, do I mean, sure. Yeah, that, sure. Then, then, yeah, then, sure. But yeah. right, and then at that point, who do they play after that? They're they're third seed, so they play two or seven. So then they play the Warriors. Play yeah. and then they might get bounced. So they might get bounced yeah. there. But, but I, even against the Grizzlies, though, they'd be an underdog. I mean, they'd the be an underdog. Play, you know, but like, yeah, I don't know. With I mean, AD, just because of the inexperience of Memphis and all that, of course, you know. Right, and then the, you, you need John Morant to, to actually keep playing yeah. the way he's playing, which yeah, I think exactly. he will. And Brooks and, and right. you know. And Desmond Bain being Johnson. the next Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like, this, this season is just really interesting so far. It's one of those seasons where, like, yeah. we thought that we'd never get to this point in the NBA where we're like, which team is going to win? Like, it's not two teams anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Finally. we have eight. Like, we can actually, like, you know, watch basketball and think, oh, this team has a chance. Yeah. Um, so at the same time that I'm saying, like, there's only eight teams. When was the last time we said there's only eight teams? Back then we would have said there's only two lot, teams. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's just really cool to see. Like, I don't know how long it's going to last. I hope it lasts. But let's enjoy it while it's around because mm-hmm. it may not mm-hmm. be here forever. Yeah, you know, the ebb and flows of the season. You always have a hot starter. In this case, it was Chicago that got off to a crazy well, start. Washington. Warriors as well. talking about Washington. Washington, Washington too, <laughs> and, but they pulled off significantly. Um, and as I think we get, uh, you know, post-All-Star, we'll get some clarity, uh, both in the MVP race, in All-NBA, of course, and with our contenders. I'm sure some of these teams will have injuries. You know, COVID's always a looming threat, so who knows how the end of the year is going to look out. But Post All Star, three dudes one hoop podcast. You know, we'll we'll have we'll be along right along with you with that uh with that journey. I think next week we'll probably do our All Star selections. Uh, yeah, probably. so you know, look out for that. Yeah. We'll you know we we have more more content coming. You're you're muted right now. I yeah, you're muted right now, buddy. I think you're about to sign us off, and you got that mute on. <laughs> <laughs> I have my headset unplugged. That's why. No, yeah, I, I, I was just saying no. Uh, you know, uh, we have more content coming. Uh, as we approach all-star trade deadline is coming up like easy was saying earlier Big so time. watch out keep plugged into the three dudes one home podcast follow us on instagram follow us on youtube and yeah i think that does it for us today i'm mike and uh yeah. we'll see you on the next one all right